0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, You might notice if you're watching the video version, we changed things up. You're in my seat today. That's right. We switched sides for no apparent reason.
1: That was really weird. Yeah. So. it's kind of like if you switch sides in the bed you're sleeping in. Yeah. is that well, kind of weird? Yeah, I think this is going to
0: be an extraordinary episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um And we're talking about chores, allowances, and contributing to the family. This is uh maybe part two, if you will, of the previous mm-hmm. episode yeah. about how to instill work ethic and make sure your kids aren't entitled.
1: Right, because we live in an entitled world Yeah, where everyone believes, well, not everyone, but a lot of people act like they believe that they just deserve without having to work for anything. And no
0: matter how good you believe you are at these things, yeah. there are unintended consequences of well-intentioned Christian parents that do some things that actually create entitlement, like around chores and what they give money for, yeah. and all these kinds of things and how it's they teach about money.
1: It's interesting because you don't really realize the long-term consequences or effects or ramifications of these basic principles that you are teaching. And this is the thing you're teaching, whether you're purposefully teaching it or not, right? It's kind yeah. of like my old motto, you're leaving a legacy, whether you're intentional about it or not. So yeah. your kids are either learning work ethic or they're learning laziness or idleness or not needing to work for things, right? Yeah. And so, um, and that's by how what we model, by what we teach, and what we hold them accountable to and what we help them to practice, right? And we talked about that in the last episode.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to dive in. We have quite a few points, some scripture uh, uh, for you too. And by the way, at CourageousParenting.com, you can get all the show notes, scripture references, Mm -hmm. video of the episode. Uh, Any reference, any resources we reference too are there as well. And Mm -hmm. you can also get on our email list there and at CourageousParenting.com, a pop-up will appear. And then we will email Mm -hmm. you the Date Night One Sheet and also you'll find the free Courageous Parenting Workshop, about 30 minutes. Um, tons of people have gone through it and are raving about it. We Over have so 2,000 many, now. Yeah, right? we have so many reviews yeah. on it and uh, it's super helpful. Also, it'll show you inside the Parenting Mentor Program at the end mm-hmm. uh, if you want to look at that or you yeah. can just get the free value, but uh, we offer that to you.
1: Yeah. So just so you guys know, we get a lot of questions of people asking, hey, could you give us some ideas of chores that we could give kids of different ages? We are going to talk about that in this episode, but it's going to be a little bit later. And I just wanted you to know that that's something we're going to go over, but we're going to actually answer some questions in today's episode, like why we don't do allowances. Mm. We're going to talk about the concept of contributing to the family, being a contributor. We're going to talk about jurisdictions. We're going to teach you what those mean. How to talk about money. Yes, and we're going to talk about heart attitudes of our kids while they're doing work and towards doing work, right? Um, And so we're going to cover a lot of territory. You want to make sure you have pen and paper as as long as you're not driving, like Isaac says. Um, But before we jump in, I also wanted to just say thank you because you Mm, guys, we are so encouraged when you share podcasts, when you tag us on on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, It it totally does because you know a lot of times we're filming these pretty late at night, like (laughs) tonight. (laughs) Yeah, Saturday night,
0: uh, eleven o'clock. That's right.
1: Hey, the kids are asleep. Yeah, and we love you guys that much. This is what we do. Instead of watching a movie, we're here, you know, shooting a podcast.
0: So let's dive into this. So um, let's talk about first why we don't pay our kids a monthly allowance. Okay. Well. If you don't prescribe money given to kids based on results, not jobs, results mm. uh, for doing activity, then you might be creating an entitled kid down the road that becomes yeah. an entitled so adult. So
1: let's just for a second define what we mean by allowance. We don't mean that you don't ever pay your kids. We do pay our kids for some jobs. Yep. We call them commission jobs, yep. which we'll talk about in a minute, Um, but you know, I I grew up. I remember I had a lot of friends who they got paid a monthly allowance for doing nothing. Yeah. Just every month they got between $30 and $100. And that was when I was a kid. That was a ton of money. Yeah. Right? Like I I could look forward to $100 on my birthday and yeah. Christmas and like, you know, that and that's still a lot. Like a lot of people can't even afford that. And so um I just there are a lot of kids out there today that get an allowance just because. And I just want to say that if you're a parent, you're not required to have to do that. No. So if you are given an allowance, that doesn't mean that you have to just do what was done to you. And what if was- the
0: influences around your kids are going, well, so-and-so gets an allowance. Well, so-and-so gets allowance. You might need to start questioning.
1: Who the so-and-sos are that they're hanging out with.
0: There you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. we don't uh, have allowance. They don't, I don't even think they know what allowance means. Um, And we never talk about that because, yeah. but we do want them to have money because we want them to know how to manage money. We want mm-hmm. them to grow up in our household with managing money well. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll dive in that. In fact, when the kids were little, this is like, what, 10 years ago?
1: Even more so because Kelsey yeah. was really young when we started teaching her about Tithing, saving, spending,
0: yeah,
1: right, yeah, Um, and investing because there's the four quadrants, right? Right. And we were um, at first, I found that little cow plastic piggy bank that had like a leg that was labeled each one. It was I I found that that on like Christianbook.com or something, and that was I ended up buying all three of them. One for Kelsey, Austin, and Megan at the time I was pregnant with Drew. And um, we began giving Kelsey commission jobs. And even Austin, she was like five. He was yeah. maybe three. Megan was 18 months old. So these
0: are things outside of the normal routine of what needs to happen for the family to – for the household to operate. Right. These are extra, extra things. jobs. Cleaning yeah. the car.
1: Right. And that was always like something that, that – um, those extra jobs we called them commission jobs yeah um which you know i think that our heart even back then you are an entre- you've been an entrepreneur our whole marriage yeah i have a very entrepreneurial spirit about me too and so we both were like we want our kids to at least know what it feels like to be an entrepreneur in some i want sense. them to,
0: i wanted them to feel the pain or blessing to get paid based on what they produce and so uh, an example of that if we want them to pick weeds, they get paid a certain amount of money per weed in their bucket.
1: Which, you know, it's funny because when I was a little kid, that's actually something like if if my brother and sister were listening, they'd be like, oh, they got that from Grandma." <laughs> and we both like thought about that. But I remember being a little kid and like picking uh, maple trees for a penny a piece mm-hmm. from, from my great grandma. And it we worked hours and hours and hours to make a couple bucks.
0: So if I wanted them to yeah. sweep the garage, then it wouldn't. They wouldn't know how much it was ahead of time. I would say, "Hey, I want you to sweep the job, the the, the garage. Here's yeah. what it entails." And at the end, based on your effort and how well you do, I'm going to decide how much to pay you.
1: Yeah. So, like for example, this is really an important thing because we've done this. I even do this with our kids now. Like there are different times that I'll do a different thing. Like if I know how much work a certain job is, like raking the leaves in the backyard, for example. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a commission job. Other times it's as a family, we're going to work hard together. We're going to get this job done quickly together. Bam. Right. And it's good to do both. Yeah. And it's the same thing with cleaning the garage. Sometimes we just all work hard as a family and we clean the garage. Oh, like today, actually. Right. Exactly. And, but then- Earlier this week, I actually paid Luke $7 to break down all of the boxes, do the recycling, sweep the garage, clean up that area. Whereas today we were like digging out the boxes, right? Because we were yeah. looking for Christmas ornaments and then putting things back and reorienting is a huge job, right? Yeah. And so there is a time and a place for that because that was super helpful. We couldn't have done what we did tonight if he hadn't done the pretty work of cleaning up
0: because what you don't want is your kids to come to you. And after you ask them to do something is say, Hey, can I get paid a dollar for that? You don't want this to turn into some negotiation every time you ask your kids to do something.
1: Nope.
0: That would be a nightmare.
1: So instead I approach it. Here's the conversation, how I approach it with one of the kids. If I need them to clean the car, let's say I'll go to one of our sons and say, um, or one of the daughters um, over the years and I'll go, Hey, Would you be up for a paid job because I need my car cleaned and I'm willing to pay X amount? Or I do what Isaac mentioned based upon the kid and how well they actually do at those jobs. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, are you up for making some money? I have a job I need help with. And then I tell them about it after they say yes. Because if they said yes, it doesn't matter if it's cleaning the barbecue, sweeping the garage or cleaning the car, right? Like they said, yes, I want to make money and I have time. So they're going to do whatever I've asked them to do with a good attitude. And the
0: reason this works is because you have to be a good leader. Yeah. If they have, if there's a history of when they work hard, they get blessed, then they're excited to do these things.
1: Right, exactly. And so they usually jump at any opportunity to make extra money, especially our sons that are under 13 years old. They'll even come to me and say, hey, mom, I did all my chores. I did all my homeschool do you have any jobs I could do to make money? Like if they're saving for something, they want to get a gift. Especially
0: Christmas coming. Yeah, they want to get
1: a gift for a brother or sister or something. And so I, I just, I love giving the kids opportunities, but then to teach them that they need to be giving or tithing, that's two different, you know.
0: Well, let's go into that. So you had those little piggy banks and I just felt like, I don't remember what I felt like, but I wanted to go build something with them.
1: That they would remember. And and so I felt
0: like they'd be more committed to it if we did that. Mm -hmm. So I went to the hobby store or something and I got these little tiny birdhouses. And I Didn't got. Can
1: you take the kids with you? They yeah. picked out their own. They picked houses. out their houses,
0: yeah. and each of the kids got four. And I just got a board to put the birdhouses on, like and then I let them, you know, paint them, which in hindsight was kind of a mistake because of the age range, and they looked a little interesting. But I guess that's okay. <laughs> they probably loved. They them. kept
1: those they piggy kept banks forever. And, or, you know,
0: they wrote one on it was, you know, I, I think some of them wrote "bank" on it for savings, and another one was investing. Right. Another one was one was, church. was church, you know, for for offerings and you know that kind of thing. And another one was um How? spending was spending, you know, because you should feel yeah. good about spending money when. You have all these other things in order.
1: Right. And that was like, for example, we this is when we were teaching the kids, hey, to live in our house, you have a little birdhouse to live in our house. We have bills that we have to pay every month and we have to take care of the people who live in the house. Yeah, And so we made it this very practical thing. And I think what you did was you drilled holes underneath yeah. the birdhouses and, and got we plugged. put plugs in that as well and then they had the little bird hole hole and that's what they would put their money in so when they made money (laughs) i would pay them in quarters or dimes or whatever and they would divide it up yeah Yeah. and they would divide it up and they put it in there and then at the end of the week or the end of the month depending on the age of the kid because they make more money the older they get right because they're doing more um then we would take they would take a little baggie to church
0: yeah so i would get sandwich bags And I would make sure they wrote down their name, their full name, on a little piece of paper, and they'd put it in. Because I mean, when the people at church, they're like wondering, what's this little sandwich bag with 50 cents cents. or (laughs) something? (laughs) (laughs) And they would write down, uh, sometimes more though. Um, And they write down the name and then put the the money in. And they'd figure that out. And then they'd put it in wherever, depending on where we're at church at the time, they would put it in wherever they received that.
1: Yeah. And I think this is the important thing is that your kids are practicing managing money. Mm-hmm. And that for us is why we did commission jobs, right? Because if they're given an allowance and then, and that's just it, and they got it for not even working, it's like, it wasn't even theirs kind of and they might just spend it frivolously or or even if you're asking them okay so i'm going to give you this allowance and i want you to practice all four of these things there's no like pain in them of like having to give it away Mm -hmm. i mean maybe if they're just super super selfish and they're like but that's my money that Mm -hmm. i deserve every month and Mm -hmm. some kids are that way um, cause it can get so bad that entitlement attitude can get so ingrained in them. But the reality is, is if a kid has worked really hard for that $5 to be like, to have a generous heart an obedient heart, knowing what God's asking of them regarding tithing or giving spending and saving, yeah. it's a totally different thing when they've had to work for the money.
0: Totally is. Second Corinthians nine, six through seven. Good verse for your kids. So these aren't just for people listening. Yeah, They're for your kids too. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. So cool.
1: Yeah. And that the cheerful giver part, I think that for me, that was the biggest deal. It wasn't about like how much the kids were getting, but really the heart attitude behind doing the work yeah, and the heart attitude behind giving because God cares about the cheerful giver. Like now somebody could be just very legalistic and I'm just gonna give because I know that the Bible tells me I should or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And we don't wanna raise that kind of a Christian, Yeah, actually. We want our kids to have generous hearts that want to give, that seek out need, that seek out people who are hurting or have devoted their life to ministry, right? Mm -hmm. To bless them when they've adopted 10 kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I I even just think about like people here that have been in our community and like for people to see, see the investment that they're making in eternal lives and to give, like we've been blessed by that just in our community and how people have helped us to get this ministry going, for example. Right. And so our kids also see based upon the community that we surround ourselves in, Mm -hmm. they see generosity, they see giving through all different ways. Do you have the
0: examples to share with them? We have some, I'm not going to share the details of them, but we have some extraordinary examples of how God um, just, um, you know, blessed us for you took know, care of us, took care of us when we needed in that situations yeah. and all kinds of interesting things they know about. So super, super important. By the way, investing—you might have a question. What are you opening? Like, you know, four hundred one k. Yeah, you you opening, me. <laughs> I mean, you you te- you could at a certain age, of course, uh, probably with your name on it. But a lot of times, that was investing in tools for a passion mm-hmm. they have, mm-hmm. uh, for you know, art stuff, uh, right. for for things that were going to enable them to be producers not just consumers right
1: right you know one of the verses that we were going to share with you guys at the beginning i just want to um share with you really quickly because this topic is so important for your legacy Mm -hmm. okay and i think that in the midst of talking about this obviously this relates to our last podcast on raising kids that have work ethic in an entitled world, mm. right? And this is part of it, is that they learn what it feels like to work hard and to receive payment for their labor, right? But this is part of it. It's Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 8. And it says, And like, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain overseer or ruler, provides her supply in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. And then it goes on. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? This is such a good passage of scripture to read with your kids because it's such a vivid picture in their minds. And but I just want to share this with you because this is a picture of an aunt that's doing what they know they need to do without anyone having to tell them. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of what we're training in our children. We want our kids to be hard workers when they're older without us having to tell them. You don't want to be parenting your adult children going, why didn't you go get a job? Or having kids that are failure to launch that are still living in your home when they're 30 years old because they don't know what it means to provide for their family or to get up and start working. Now, if you've like lost a job and things have been hard and you've had to move back home, that's that's one situation, right? Yeah. But being a sluggard, there is no excuse for that. And that's what this scripture is talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And so teaching your kids also is a huge accountability. It is. Right? But I, I just feel like this is such a great legacy verse for you to realize is like, what are you doing in your home? And remember that on a daily basis of teaching them work ethic, teaching them to have a good heart attitude, teaching them to do the things that maybe they feel like they they shouldn't even be doing, right? Yep. Like some people don't like cleaning the toilet. Well, they shouldn't have the heart attitude of I'm above that. I'm never going right. to clean that toilet, yep. right? And all these things are actually cultivated in our kids when they're little so that when they're, you know, hopefully when they're older, they have strong work ethic.
0: So let's talk about how to spend the money because you have that, that, the house that says how to you know money for spending so okay. super important and you'll have your kids all the time they're like hey can I buy that hey even um, when they're older hey can can we rent something I'll pay for it and then sometimes I'll go hmm well that's four dollars and ninety nine cents so what's your net worth right now and my nine year old will go well thirty five dollars yeah and I go okay so you're gonna spend I'm not great with math but I would say something like I'd make it up because I do, can't do math quick, but that will be like 15% <laughs> of your net worth. Okay. So you're going to spend 15% of your net worth uh, to rent a movie. So is that one and a half hours of renting that movie worth that high percentage of the total amount of money you own? He goes, no. <laughs> oh, are those jeans, how, how many hours did it take for those, uh, you know, to for you to for work jeans to pay for those, yeah. to pay for those jeans? And they add it up and they go, oh. oh. Maybe I don't want those jeans.
1: Right. I had a babysit for four hours. To buy but
0: if jeans. they're just given money, if they're given it, of course, we buy our kids clothes. This is like extra when yeah. they don't need when, it. When yeah. When
1: they're teenagers and they want like their eighth pair of jeans. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so um, you know, if they're just given everything, you can't even have that conversation. Money, they don't understand the relationship between things and money and the actual amount of work it takes to, to create that. Yeah.
1: And you've, I feel like you've been really good at, coming up with those scenarios having those conversations with the kids on the same token of how to spend money. I have loved trying to yeah. find creative ways to be frugal.
0: Yeah, you're great at it.
1: And I love teaching that to the kids. I think it's it's part of stewardship, which we'll talk about in a little bit, just being wise with your with the money that you do have that you've been given realizing it's not yours and that mm. you have a responsibility Bingo. to steward it well and so here are some ideas of ways that you can teach your kids to be frugal to be prudent mm-hmm. with the money that they have one is to shop for things on when they're on sale um for example my kids always know that um i don't like buying things new um because the markup is so high there have been some things that we've bought brand new like you know i even think of like our Baby crib. The very first crib oh, yeah. that we bought, we bought, and it was pretty expensive. I Even remember, back then, it was I rem- 20 years ago.
0: I remember spending the six or $700 on that crib back then. And I'm yeah. like, that-
1: but that was actually for the crib and the changing table dresser.
0: Yes. Okay. So, but I remember knowing how much money we were yep. bringing in then. Yep. Okay. So we were married a year and a half.
1: Yeah. When we bought that crib, a yeah, year. A year. year. Uh huh.
0: So, first year of marriage, we were very young. You know, you were at home. Got pregnant. You were staying at home really
1: soon after so, we got married. Um, yeah.
0: So that was a that was a lot. Actually, a good portion of our net worth. Actually. And <laughs> <You> guys, I- <laughs> this is this
1: is what we bought before we had like a dining room table and chairs. But <laughs> we bought you know, a crib.
0: but you know, it's interesting. Uh, was we still have it, and every kid has used it.
1: Right, because we bought Smart and we talked about that, like choosing specific items that we would buy. And we did buy it on sale, Mm -hmm. but it was all wood and it was a beautiful crib set with changing table dresser. And we have used it for all eight of the kids. So we have by far gotten our money's worth. And I'm saving it for grandkids. It's in our garage right now. That's right. (laughs) And so um, I just have to say, like, I think that there is a time and a place for buying things new for sure. Right. Um, You don't buy used underwear. For example, no. no, that would be gross. So <laughs> I just had to put that in there to make sure you're awake. <laughs> but the reality is, is that there are tons of ways you can teach your kids to be frugal. You can shop at consignment shops. You can take old clothes that you don't like. If you, we pass down clothes so our kids get hand me downs, but sometimes there's like, for example, we haven't had a baby girl in almost fifteen years, and mm-hmm. so I've consigned everything that she's outgrown, yeah, um, because I'm not going to hang on to something for sixteen years, right? And so um, we also have gifted people in our church who need things, sure, right? Um, but teaching them how to shop consignment, how to get money for the things that they've purchased, and to consign their own things, or if using- they want
0: if they want something, oh well, let's see on Facebook Marketplace uh, or. Craigslist if there's like something that's almost brand new, but like half the price or less. Right. And then we find it. Yeah. And we bought a Wii that way. Right. Right. And uh
1: we've also I mean some of the furniture in this room. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I just think that there are some creative ways that you can teach your kids by your example and also taking them along with you and helping them to even consign their own things. Um, and Being willing to give too, like out of your like decluttering and taking good care of your things. All of these things are being frugal. We had two huge garage sales before we went on our RV trip. Yeah. And we ended up. Making $6,000. Do you remember this before the RV trip so that we would have money to go on the RV trip?
0: That was a season of life of coming out of uh, losing everything financially. Mm
1: -hmm. But I want
0: everybody to know we've we've experienced the ups and downs and ups, and we've had the cycle happen to us a a couple of times. And uh, we've had the same mentality even when there was plenty bountiful. Right. Even when there was, you know.
1: Right. Even when long. we moved to Bend, we did a huge garage sale when yeah. we before we moved. So and we haven't so, changed
0: whether we have uh, a lot of money or not.
1: No, but it's just been important to us to teach our kids work ethic, to teach them the value of money. And these are just some of the ideas.
0: I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get an alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are
1: It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor, and yourself a favor, and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights, to be leaders for the next generation.
0: So good to hear testimonies from the parenting program, Mm -hmm. that it was such a great thing to, uh, to be able to do with people and we we love it every time it's That's so right. cool so coming up uh and oh by the way we're going to read in colossians 3:23 and whatever you do do it heartily as to the lord and not to men knowing that from the lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the lord Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what, whose money is it, anyways? You referenced this a little bit earlier, but I just want to yeah. make sure they know mm-hmm. that we taught our kids this and we constantly teach our kids this yeah. and we try to live by example with that. Mm-hmm. Although I personally have fallen out of that at times and back in it, remembering, mm-hmm. oh, this is God's money. Mm-hmm. And every time God's like, he's jealous, God, he's like, okay, Isaac, okay, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Come yeah. back to remembering this is God's money. Mm-hmm. Really, really, understanding that and having a heart for this. And so you want to raise your kids that way because then God can trust them with money.
1: And that's the question too that we've brought up so many times to our kids is, can God trust us? Mm -hmm. And I think part of this has to do more with our hearts than even how we spend our money. Although the Bible does say where your heart is, there your treasure is, right? Yeah. And so I just do think that there is an element of attitude within like when a parent asks a kid to do something and they have a grumbling attitude versus a good heart attitude, God cares about that. And we as parents need to remind our kids that God cares about the heart. God cares about their attitude. And when we call them up to contribute to the family, like let's say we want them to clean the garage together. We use that as an example earlier. Everybody should have a good heart attitude about it. And if they don't, then they need to be talked to about it. We need And potentially disciplined if there's other issues that come so up so have Fatna. you been
0: have you ever been part of a team where you know say there's four people on the team three are pulling their weight and one isn't now what do you start to think about that person you start to not think very good things about them and that in fact, can
1: happen within kids in, in fact family. you're you're, yeah. you're
0: teaching by the way that's the pitfalls um of socialism, by the way, Uh, we just had Thanksgiving. And originally, when the pilgrims came over, um, they were all sharing everything. And no matter how hard someone worked, everybody got the same amount of the the fruit from the labor. Mm -hmm. And they were going to die with that method. So the governor changed the method to capitalism, essentially, and gave Mm -hmm. plots of land to people. And then people were motivated. And had ingenuity, and that's the same thing you're teaching by all these things in the mm-hmm. home. Is you don't want them to have that entitlement attitude. No wonder so many millennials, tons of millennials. I think it's over forty five percent believe um, that. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to look it up after. But don't believe that socialism is a good thing. Can you believe that? I know that is, that is crazy. So <laughs> Our it is crazy. Is like, but it <laughs> yeah. but it comes down to when the three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's in these ages. Your influence actually is cultivating this or not. And so it is so important. They have good attitudes. Uh, And now there's times where we're all working together and you need to hold the sluggard accountable if there's one of your kids like that.
1: This is a really big deal, you guys. Um, When we shot our last podcast um, and then we put it out there one of my friends who's on my own living team, she's a red, she was a registered nurse for many years. Now she works for an insurance companies. She and I were just talking back and forth about this concept, about the podcast. She was like, Angie, I'm so glad you guys are talking about this. Everyone says there's not enough nurses. There's a shortage of nurses. She goes, I'm sorry, there is not a shortage of nurses. There is a short shortage of nurses who want to work. Yeah. And the reason why they don't want to work is because of how people treat them in the hospitals. It's because people have such an entitled attitude when they come in, they spit on them, they yell at them, they belittle them. These are people who are serving them Mm -hmm. and they are so rude. That is what an entitlement attitude cultivates. Mm -hmm. We need to raise our kids better than that, Yeah. right? And if we're Christian and we go into a restaurant, we need to be ultra thankful. What is it that we've taught our kids when a waitress comes and they serve us? We teach them to use their manners, to yeah. say please and thank you, to look at them in the eye, to call them by name if they have a name tag to recognize that. And we say, thank you, Mitch, or thank you, Sally. Mm-hmm. And we, we, look, we show appreciation for them. And then guess what our kids do? They mimic us and they show appreciation. And then at the end of our time in a restaurant, We have everybody try to clean up as much as possible. So if the kids have left big things on the floor, they pick those up. We stack plates every once in a while. And then we tip well Mm. if they deserve it. Absolutely. Right? And the kids know that. Sometimes they even write thank you on the receipt or a little smiley face or a heart or whatever. It's a witness. It is a witness. And we have to realize that when we're going places, just because we're paying someone for that, it does not mean that we cannot be kind to them.
0: Yeah. So now... um Kids, we've said this before, but it's so important. Kids uh, rise to the level of responsibility you give them, and mm-hmm. so um, I know you're going to you know, go through age groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe this would be a good time to do that because you're talking about age groups and categories.
1: Right. So and- this, yeah, let's just cover briefly. If you guys have a pen and paper, you're going to want to jot some of these ideas down. We'll also put them in the blog post at courageousparenting.com yeah. so you can see them there. So here are some age categorized chores. And if you have extras that we haven't mentioned here, we're just gonna briefly go over these. Please leave us a comment on the website or message us. That would be awesome. So age, the age when they start walking is actually when you start teaching them some of these things, Yeah. right? If they can walk and pick things up, take things out, if they can take toys out, guess what? They can put toys away. Mm-hmm. So that's actually the first time that you start teaching them those kinds of things. When they're in a high chair, not even walking. You can start teaching them not to throw things on the floor. That's actually something we're working through with Eli right now. He's Mm -hmm. 13 months. And so teaching them these things is so foundational because it's actually setting the precedence that you're the teacher, they're the student, you're telling them to do something, they need to obey it, Mm -hmm. or you're telling them not to do something, they need to obey it. 18 months to four years old. Now that's a big gap Okay, but I put three or four years old, depending on the maturity of the child, you want to teach them how to put their clothes away. That means when they take their clothes off, it goes straight in the laundry basket, not on the floor. Right. You can have them helping you when you're doing laundry and putting their socks Mm. away, matching socks, sorting clothes before laundry that they're putting all the reds in one pile, greens in another pile, teaching them how to make their bed. That's usually like when they're in a toddler bed at age two to four, then they can start making their bed. Okay, cleaning up toys. And I put, I know that I mentioned this before, as soon as they can walk and they can take something out, they can put it back. But think about this in the bathtub, in their bedroom, in the living room, wherever they have toys, they can pick them up and put them away, putting shoes and coat away when they come home so that they're not just dropping their coat on the floor. We're still working on that with some of our kids, um, helping with the dishes. And what I mean by this is you can pick safe dishes like plastics, Tupperware, plastic cups, whatever you have that they can wash and dry and help put away. Kids that are under four years old, like they it's their most favorite thing. Um, to help do the dishes, helping to cook and bake. Here are just a couple examples. So, cutting olives with a butter knife. They could even like that. That's not sharp at all. You could even use a plastic one. Um, olives are super soft, and so they're easy for kids to cut when they're like three to four years old. This is a perfect opportunity to teach knife etiquette and safety. Baking. They can cut out cookies. They can help. S- Stir the bowl of cookie dough. They can help with bread, kneading the bread. They can help with all kinds of things. I mean, Solomon just turned four and he was helping me make lefsa the other day. So um, strawberries, taking the tops off strawberries. Those are just some examples. Um, Other things that you can have kids do between 18 months and up is picking berries, picking weeds. Okay, cleaning the window, like if you have a sliding glass door, giving them something safe, like a thieves cleaner on a paper towel and letting them wash that or using Norwex where it's just water.
0: And hey, dad, slow down and have your little ones help you, even if it takes you way longer. So you might have them you might have them, you know. Picking things up with you outside somewhere. Right. Helping rake.
1: And they may, in their mind, that you're thinking, okay, this is not helpful at all. Like Solomon has been trying to help sweep since Mm -hmm. he was three. Yeah. And that can get frustrating at times. And so, what I've done is I say, hey, buddy, can you help me sweep? And I let him do it by himself before I have another kid come in and actually do it. Right. Because Mm. if he's doing it at the same time, then there's going to be conflict because they're like, I can't get this done. This Mm -hmm. is so frustrating. And so um, just plan ahead if you have multiple kids Um, four to seven years old. Here's a list. You're going to all of the above. So all of the things I just talked about, but you're going to add in vacuuming, sweeping, different dishes that they can be doing more laundry. Okay, clean the room on their own without having to be told. Now, that might be like more like five or six years old. Um, helping to clean the car, cleaning windows, right? Caring for animals.
0: How old was Kelsey when she took care of the whole chicken thing?
1: She was five years, <laughs> the chicken thing. You mean the 21 chickens in the chicken coop? Yeah. She was fully in charge of the chickens when she was five years old. Yeah. She had her own egg selling business for almost a decade. Yeah. Actually, it was more like seven years and then she passed it on to Drew and he did it when he was six yeah. for the last three years that we lived on the vineyard. But, you know caring for animals the each of the kids had a row in the vineyard yeah and i think that drew was like 18 months old when he got his row
0: oh he lit up when i gave him his own row i
1: mean he was like weeding every day drew's row well and remember when i used to do we had a greenhouse and we would do vegetable starts and then we would transplant them and harden them off into the garden and i remember drew would like wake me up in the morning yeah he loved it and he was like Mom, my pea is sprouting. Look at this. And I'm like, it's four in the morning. Like he just loved caring for them. And y- you just never know what you're cultivating in your kids and what they're going to end up doing later in life. I mean, I could totally see him on a tractor on a farm, like running. A now, farm you don't
0: something. have to have a farm to do these no. things. We live in a neighborhood now. Yeah. So there's other ways to get these things done.
1: Totally. These are just ideas. Um, So cleaning windows, caring for animals is a huge one. Like if you have a dog and there's different levels of caring for the animal, right? Like you may not have them picking up the poop when they're four years old because you don't want them doing that. But by the time they're eight years old, they should be trained in how to clean that up in the backyard and put it in a bag and wear gloves or whatever. Um, So eight to ten years old is the next category maybe 11 years old. Um, So it's all of the above, but they're caring for the animals on a different level. Okay. Mm -hmm. By this time, they should also be able to help with cleaning some bathrooms. Okay. Yeah. Help with their younger siblings, even chopping wood and making a fire. So that that. might scare people. Why don't you share a little bit about that?
0: Well, you know, you just have to learn the rules first and you have to stay with them and do it with them. And if they follow the rules, and there's lots of space between them. I would have three boys doing it at a time. But I didn't teach all three at the same time. I teach no. one at a time. Then someone would be accomplished. Then I would, you know, kids get older gradually. Mm-hmm. And, and pretty soon I had three stumps. And they were all chopping wood. And I was and out kindling. there with them, yeah. Kindling and things like that. And to start small with and start small. And I'll be honest, it was a little nerve-wracking for me. For, for I her. didn't
1: go outside. How's that? Yeah. Uh, uh, mom Mom had to go, okay, dad have, has this. We
0: had zero accents ever. So far, knock yeah. on
1: wood. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, next category is age 11 to 13. And this could vary. So it's 11 to 13 and up based on their spiritual, emotional, and mental maturity. So based upon those things, babysitting siblings, right? Cooking, different levels of cooking in the kitchen. That's a whole different podcast. Cleaning right? That they can, you can literally just say, Hey, can you take care of the whole house and you leave and you come back and the whole house is clean. Yeah. I can do that with our 11 year old yep. and he will for sure. He was doing that at nine. Yeah. So different personalities, different maturity on different tasks can do things at a younger age, starting a business. We've had some kids that started the own business. I mean, Kelsey was selling eggs at age five, yeah. but, um, but other kids had more serious businesses even at age 11 through 13 right yeah, where they're it, selling it, artwork or, sold her art yep yeah. so anyway we have that's an like I said, that's another podcast, too. But age 14 and up is different. It's where they're running their own business if they are right yeah. at that age, potentially. Um, and they have jurisdictions and you actually shouldn't have to remind them very often. And I say very often because there are still times I go to my teenagers and I go, hey, can you pick up your room, please? But in reality, They know what their jurisdiction is and they've been trained. So they're able to keep going and they don't have to be reminded. Definitely don't have to be nagged about it by this time. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, like I said, this is based upon different maturity, but I want to flip to Luke 16 verses 10 through 13. Okay. Which says he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is, Unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you your trust the rich true, sorry, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. That's that verse. Yeah. yeah,
0: So it's so important that you instill in your kids Mm -hmm. with the small things. And you just went through the age groups. And as they get bigger and bigger responsibilities, they get older. By the way, your kids are more capable than you probably realize at a younger age. But you always want to have safety. And you're the discerning. You decide when they're doing these things. These are suggestions, not prescription, because every kid's different in maturity. Yeah. And you'll
1: have different jobs than we have had.
0: Yeah, so in in the verse, it's it's about if they're faithful with small things, you're echoing into their future. If mm-hmm. they're going to f- be faithful with large things, when they have a mortgage someday, uh, when they have money, are they just spending it all? Are they mm-hmm. living ahead of their paychecks? You know, right. or are they being frugal in these kinds of things? It's super yeah. important. Are they entitled to things? Or are mm-hmm. they willing to work for it? You know. It's really important.
1: And I think that there's an element to so all of the chores that I just listed are actually things that we do not pay for. Yeah. Right. And so I just want to make that clear because we were talking about the difference between like contributing to the family and how we don't do allowances, but we do pay for certain commission jobs. I want you to understand that these are actually chores that are all about contributing to the family and they're these are responsibilities. These are things that have to be done to steward what we have been given and to be done with a good heart attitude. Because let's just face it, you guys, as we grow up, isn't there always something that's mundane or we don't want to do or we really want to avoid at all costs? But the reality is, is we still have to do it. We still have to clean. We still have to do dishes.
0: So let's talk about jurisdictions now. So they have different jurisdictions and more so at different ages, but yeah, but almost all kids what they all have a bed, right? Right. So there's a jurisdiction there to make their bed. Right. To there's keep a, it clean and there's their wash belongings. The sheets. So yeah. they, it's good that they have belongings. It's good that they have toys because they need to treat those toys well. They need to put them away. Right. Uh when they get old enough to have a bike, do they ever leave that bike out? That's a huge opportunity. That one time they leave the bike out to have a big talk about their jurisdictions and if they're treating them well. And mm-hmm. you could read the scripture.
1: Yeah. And this is, you know, we call it jurisdictions because it's like areas that are their jurisdiction that they're in charge of. That they then, when they're younger, they get reminded by mom and dad when to take care of them, how to take care of them, we're teaching them, we're cultivating a good character habit here, right? Yeah. But then when they get older, they should already, because they've been reminded well, by the time they're 14 years old, they shouldn't have to be reminded. They just know, oh, it's my turn to do the dishes because I'm on lunch every day this month. Yeah. And so like certain duties, like dishes, we mentioned dishes a couple times, like for our family, we actually have it broken up where people are in teams of two and we do the dishes three times a day after breakfast, after lunch, and after dinner. And kids know which ones are on dinner dishes for that whole month. And then we switch and we rotate teams the next month and who's on what. And it it's such a great opportunity for the kids to have to work together as a team to do their parts, but also I don't have to remind them because they just know and they hold each other accountable. And
0: that's because when they were littles, you were instilling... The right, hard attitude about work. And
1: they were, as they got older by the time they were four, they were five years old, six years old, they were slowly getting integrated into that rotation of chores. Yeah. Right. And so there are, it's the same thing with the bathrooms. We have the, we have three bathrooms. They're all like, you know, each person has a responsibility. And it's powerful for our kids because it's creating a work ethic, it's creating a habit. Yeah. And it's also teaching them that they need to be respectful of other people and do their part in contributing, which isn't that like the bigger picture in launching them into society. Yeah. We want to raise our kids to be good citizens who are willing to do their part and make their best and highest contribution to society as well. So When they're
0: working a job, they give the extra, they care about things. They go outside of their job. If there's something that needs to be taken care of, like, you know, something spilt on the counter. Right. You know, they don't just leave it, leave it for the janitor. No, they, they clean it up, even if they didn't do it because they have that integrity yeah. and they're helpful and these kinds of things. Those are the that's the, what you want to instill in your kids. And if they leave their bike out, here's a lazy parent approach. Um, they go in and yell at their kids to get their bike and they leave it at that. Yeah. Or they just put it away for them. even worse. Hmm. You'd rather they never I'd, learn I'd the rather lesson. make them go get it. Okay. That's the
1: kid that grows up, leaves their BMW with the top down, and then it rains in their car. So
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm <just> so <laughs> so it. But a better thing is to spend the time and to talk to them what that actually shows about yeah. their relationship with their belongings and yeah. mistreatment of them, and what that means for the future if they continue down this path. Right. And what we do is tulpins because the Bible tells us to which is the, that Luke verse you just read. So right. super, super important. Um,
1: so you guys, this has been a great topic. And we just want to encourage you to be thinking about why you do what you do. Do you give allowances? Maybe your kids are so little that you haven't yet. And you haven't really thought about it. This is a good conversation that you need to have with your spouse because you guys need to be on the same team. Yeah, You need to like think about how you're going to give your kids the opportunity to practice spending saving, investing, and giving. These are important aspects, but that they also learn that there are just some things that we do because we're part of a team and we contribute. And
0: husbands, you need to lead your family. You need to dig in. You need to create a culture of all pitching in together and helping. And the best way to do that is lead by example. Your kids seeing you do Mm -hmm. what you're asking them to do, backing up your wife, working together as a team, having meetings with your wife and together and talking about the issues, the hard attitude problems. And you're proactively helping fix that, talking with your kids in an understanding way um, and correcting that. And so you need a vision. If you're a parent, vision is required. It doesn't mean you have to be a visionary. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. Yeah. But all parents need to have vision. You need to be able to see ahead and see the wrong hard attitudes today, fix them, so that in the future, they're not getting themselves into trouble and they're walking righteously. Because what's the purpose of parenting? It is to glorify God and create disciples that you send out to impact the world for the kingdom of God. Amen. So thanks for joining us.
1: See you next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line, where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.